Hello and welcome to the Joy Mom Summit. I am so excited to have you join us here on the podcast. I have some incredible speakers and I have a surprise speaker, talk number eight. I am so excited that you're here and I know, I just know that God has something for you, mama friend. You are meant to live a life of joy and intention, purpose, and peace, and that's why you're here at the Joy Mom Summit. So may this conference-style summit bless you, and let me know how it went for you. Definitely email me, reach out at 500secondstojoy at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Now let's get into this Joy Mom Summit and let's give thanks to the Almighty God, the Joy Giver. Here we are. It's me, Stephanie, at 500 Seconds to Joy. And we're talking about how to use simple habits amidst a full family life. Something like looking at your Bible before looking at your phone in the morning. And we're talking about lots of practical tips, encouragement. You are going to love this conversation. I just know it. And what's really cool is Justin is one of the only guys I've interviewed on the podcast. I haven't interviewed too many men. And he is a dad of four boys. So he's in the thick of it, friends. He has young boys. He is married with four young boys. He's a lawyer. And he also is a writer and speaker. Really cool. He's a great guy. I just am so just loving this message he has in his book. So let me tell you a little bit more about his book. So Justin Whitmell Early, he wrote Habits of the Household, Practicing the Story of God in Everyday Family Rhythms. And he actually wrote the first book called The Common Rule. The first book is actually an award-winning book on habits and spiritual formation. So not only is he this awesome author and speaker, and you're going to hear in this conversation, he's a great speaker, and just so convicting what he shares here, and just the power of habit, and simple habits, and small habits, small little shifts to really find meaning in the daily chaos of raising kids. And he's right where you are, friend. I know he's a dad, but he gets it. He's right in the messy middle of parenthood. So if you're a mom listening, I encourage you to have your husband listen to this podcast. I encourage you to send this to other parents and just really let's let's band together. Us parents need to band together, right? This hard and holy work of raising children, we need to join together and this book is quite a resource. I really learned a lot from it and am implementing some of what Justin shares and you're going to really enjoy this conversation we have. Um, So he does all these great things, right? But most of all, he's a dad who's married to Lauren and he spends a lot of time wrestling his four young boys. So follow him online at justinwhitmillearly.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-W-H-I-T-M-E-L E-A-R-L-E-Y dot com. So let's hear from Justin about his book, Habits of the Household. Hey, Justin. Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm excited to be 
one of the dads on a mom's podcast. Yes, I know. One of the few dads. You're one of the lucky ones. And, you know, I've had a lot of authors, but not too many male authors. So I'm excited to have you here, everybody. Justin wrote this incredible book, which I told him I read cover to cover and just really have been implementing what he suggests in this book. So listen up, everybody, and get this copy. Uh, get a copy of his book. Get this book. I mean, it's just one of those that you're going to want to reference. It's called Habits of the Household, Practicing the Story of God in Everyday Family Rhythms. And let's jump right in. Let's talk about some of your practical tips. So you share so much in this book. And I love, first of all, the outline, like the way that you just break it up. Each chapter is a different topic. So like, for example, chapter two is about mealtimes and how you can create mealtime habits. Um, And then screen time. I know you moms think about this a lot because I do. Um, And screen time habits. How can we use our faith and use habits to do this well, to parent well and discipline well, do screen time well. There's so much in this book. It's a rich wealth of knowledge. I'm just so excited to talk. So let's jump in. You share about a few things. Um, Bible before phone, kneeling to pray, lighting a candle, slowing down to discipline. So much. What has been the most game-changing habit in your own family? I love starting here. I think... I'm going to go with scripture before phone as the most game-changing habit habit because, you know, so Stephanie, before I came to write about habits of the household for kids and parents, I actually did a lot of work on thinking through my own habits in my mm, um, first mm-hmm. book called The Common Rule. And that really came about because I had a total anxiety breakdown and meltdown as a young lawyer. And I realized that even though I had my head on right, so to speak, like I, I felt called to do what I was doing. You know, I believed all the same things that I believe now. Um, my head was going one way and my habits were going another way. My habits were going entirely towards rush and busyness and overwork and never a moment for rest. And I realized that when your head goes one way and your habits go the other way, your heart tends to follow the habits. And so I, I worked myself into this horrible wreck of anxiety by not really paying attention to the spiritual impact of my habits. And so one of the just game-changing habits for me as a lawyer, which is my full-time job, I, I do writing and little po- podcasts like this on the side, but um, as, you know, as a lawyer, as a father, as a husband, as a friend, my, paying attention to the spiritual impact of my own habits has been so important. And there's probably been no other daily routine that is more impactful than scripture before phone. Um, I've done it for years and years now. This morning, you know, is um, just listening to some the Bible on audiobook um, before I diving into any of my work emails or social media or anything like that. It's just changed the way that I enter the day because as opposed to waking up to my emails and the demands of you know, what my office requires me of me or the news and how that makes me feel or social media and, you know, what standards I need to live up to. I just am continually reminded of God's unconditional love for me at the outset of each day, which helps send me out into the world ready to give love rather than looking for it. And I just, strong, I just can't strongly recommend this habit enough for any parent who 
needs to prepare for the difficult day of working and raising children. It's no better way to start than to, you know, attune our own hearts to the love of the father so that then we can go be good mothers and fathers. Mm, that's so good, Justin. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I am not a hundred percent, but I would say that most mornings I will very sleepily, you know, <laughs> grab my phone and look at yes. the um, readings for the day actually, before I check my texts, um, before I check mm. an email or do anything, I was trying this one thing where I do no phone before breakfast, but I noticed myself oh, okay. wanting to check it and wanting to check it and wanting to check it. And I was like, you know what, how about I just start with the readings? And so when I was reading your book and reading about how you're saying, you know, scripture before phone, I was like, this is excellent. So um, I have this app. It's a Catholic app, and it's like the daily readings for the Mass. And so sure. you yeah. just go on the app, and there's a reading from either the Old Testament or the New Testament. And then there's like a psalm, and then there's a um, passage from the gospel. So something, you know, that Jesus said. And so I find right, myself, right. you know, if I can do that first, I agree. It's like so game changing. And wouldn't you agree? Like our habits as parents, we can't really get our kids to do their own habits unless we kind of get our own dialed in. Not perfectly, not perfectly because yes, we're not about yes. that, but we have to really focus on our own habits first. I mean, how could we expect our kids to make their bed if we're not making our bed? Right. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. I, I, I think that hits on two points that I think about a lot in the book too. And that is first that the little things are the big things. These, these ordinary routines that we have are actually extraordinary liturgies or rituals of spiritual significance. And I know that when I first started this stuff, I was really skeptical that just a couple minutes, you know, doing a lectionary reading like you're talking about, or just a couple minutes listening to the Bible before going to your phone could make a difference. But now I just, my perspective has been totally changed that really it is the small ordinary moments that make up most of our lives. And that, so when we take those things seriously, like how we wake up every morning, they actually have all kinds of waterfall impacts on the rest of our lives. And, and just, and the second idea that you hit on that's just so important to me and my family and this book is that, to, you know, we become our habits, but our kids become us which means that our habits yes. are really significant to our children's spiritual formation. So exactly what you said of, you know, our best gift to our kids, spiritually speaking, is, is the legacy of the life that we live out in front of them, because in some way they're going to become who we are. And so before we teach them anything or expect anything of them, we, we need to be in front of them. And so mm -hmm. paying attention to these rhythms, are, it's just a holy act of being uh, an example as a parent. I agree. Yes, the little things. I so agree with that. The little things are are the big things. And one thing that I know a lot of moms can relate to is about discipline because, you know, if you have kids, you're disciplining them or you should be, right? Um, so <laughs> right. You're, you're having to do some sort of discipline. Um, whatever kind of discipline that looks like in your own home, it varies, right? But you have, you know, we're called to discipline our children. The Bible talks about disciplining our children, how that's important and how they must obey us. I mean, it's one of the 10 commandments. So I really appreciate though, that you talk about this simple act of, again, it's a, it can be very small, the slowing down. 
I feel like that would be really helpful for moms to hear about because discipline, like you say in your book on page 92, that it's probably the hardest thing we do as parents. And I like that you say it's the hardest thing we do. And then give a lot of grace to you and your kids, right? And, And you always end each chapter with the reminder of grace about how, you know, God's love inspires us to act, but what we do does not equal God's love for us. You know, his love is never changing. So I love that reminder of grace and just that the love is there. And of course we Mm -hmm. want to act well um, because we love God, but it's not like our actions mean, you know, because I acted better today, God loves me more. No, that doesn't change. But let's talk a little bit about this slowing down to discipline with the reminder that there's grace for, for moms and dads and their kids. Yeah. So I think it's really important for anyone to listen that's listening to know a little bit more about me so that you don't get the wrong idea. Um, I am not a type A, have it all together, organized, disciplined lawyer who thus writes books on habits to get everybody else organized. So no, I am a, a messy person who had an anxiety crash that started all this stuff who, you know, is trying to balance a demanding lawyering job with a a passion of also writing. I have four boys in in my house right now. They're um, almost 10, seven, five, and three. And like every day, Stephanie, something is broken or smashed or scattered in our house. It's a wild wild and reabunctious place. Our, our floor is not clean. Our counters are not clear. Um, our dishes are probably not washed right now. They weren't. Whatever. So we live, we live in like, you know, a, a mess. And part of the reason I write about habits and particularly habits of discipline is not because I'm so good at them, but because I need them so much. So mm-hmm. for example, you know, on an, any given day with my boys, I am very likely to hit what I call my instinctual anger mode because living with children as anybody knows it, i mean it is a mess like the, our, the goal of this stuff is not to clean it up and make it neat the goal of this stuff is to make it spiritually significant to their formation and the love of god and neighbor but kids are a mess i mean that my my uh yep. three-year-old this morning just woke up crying all morning I, we couldn't figure out why you know it's just like it's normal it's like breakfast let's go to preschool just he just was bawling all morning and and so when I encounter these moments of this is hard, my kids aren't behaving, this one's having a meltdown, my instinctual response is anger. So I don't know if some of you know the listeners relate to that, if anger is their thing. It might be. Um, I'm raising my hand be... right here. Yeah, okay, <laughs> That's me. You're, you're That's okay. me. Yeah. Every, yep. Everybody has different ones. Um, but my point in this rather long introduction is just to say we're all in the same boat of having problematic instincts when it comes to discipline. Our instincts are usually to figure out a way how to to control their behavior through our anger or shame or something else, rather than to shepherd their hearts in love, which is what God does for us, his children. And so the reason I think habits are so significant to discipline in the household is because they come in at a place of instinct to interrupt our otherwise bad instincts and try to get us, to, you know, think about them as um, 
almost levers of grace that come into these moments and small habits like a quick prayer before a moment of discipline. You know, God will use those in incredibly powerful ways. Um, I like the metaphor of a lever because it, it shows that, you know, they, there's an outsized impact of the little thing we do compared to the big change God brings to help us pivot in those moments from, okay, I'm not going to control this child through my anger. I'm going to try to shepherd him through love. And just to put a point on this quick example, um, I heard my children fighting upstairs just last night. They were yelling because one of the little ones was getting in the way of the cars that they were playing with. And as I walked up the stairs, I just said a quick prayer to myself because I practiced this, this habit over the past couple of years. And this is still relatively new to me, but I'm, I'm getting better at just instinctually on the way up the stairs where I would be fuming and stomping like, you know, dad is coming up. You better get it in shape before I get there. Now, now I'm, I'm walking up and I'm saying a quick prayer that, that is something like, Lord, remind me that I too get really frustrated when other people interrupt what I do. And I often, I also yell. So help me to parent them with the grace and truth that you give me rather than just storm in with anger. And, and it helped. It just helped my approach to it. It helped me like speak gently to them and solve the problem and sort of shepherd them into a different kind of moment rather than what I could and usually often default to. And that is, you know, quiet, count to three, you guys are going to be in huge trouble, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so these things, these kind of habits, pause prayers, and I write about a, a lot of other habits of discipline in the book, really have a good way of interrupting our problematic instincts and helping us be like Christ in a moment where our kids need Jesus. They don't need a mad parent. They need Jesus. Yes. that Amen. I mean, I always need that reminder. I, I talk about on the podcast, this, these three words, come Holy Spirit, and how powerful that is to ask God to just be with you. Absolutely. Or if you can't yes. even remember anything, just saying Jesus, like saying his name because it's so powerful. Yes. yes. Like, mm -hmm. or help. <laughs> you yeah. could just say I, help. You know, I, if anybody's read Anne Lamont, she has this great um, book. And the idea that the three most common and powerful prayers are um, help, wow, and thanks, you know, and, and, and those are true. Like those it's small true. moments of just shouting out help is meaningful. That is all you need to do. It does not need to, be, need to be complicated. But I love the idea of come Holy Spirit, be with me in this moment. That, so I think the essence of that is reminding ourselves mm -hmm. that we're not parenting alone. In fact, we parent the best when we are parented by God first. And so just mm -hmm. inviting him, you know, parent me as I parent these children, please. Um, powerful, mm -hmm. powerful little acts. Yes. And I like that. I mean, everything you talk about in your book, God is just woven throughout everything you talk about, all of these different habits of the household because that is our firm foundation. And I just want to remind moms, I mean, we were talking about grace, you know, and second Corinthians 12, nine, one of my favorite verses right now that I really need because I've been feeling weak. I've been feeling like, Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so sleep deprived. I don't have anything to give these kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, second Corinthians 12, nine says my grace is sufficient you know, so I feel like that's always a good yes. verse to speak over yourself, just as a reminder, mm. reminder to all of us that it's, that's his grace. And you're saying that too. I mean, we don't do it alone. We don't parent alone. 
we parent with God. So just really quickly, before we wrap up, I'm curious, how do you do that practically? Like, so you're looking at your Bible before you look at your phone. So I feel like that's a way that you invite God into your day. How else, Mm -hmm. like, how else do you use habits to really invite God into your family life? Because, you know, we need him. It's not in our own strength. So what's maybe one or two more habits that you could maybe offer the moms and maybe dads listening um, who want to do this? Like they want to start putting in practices like looking at their Bible first. Um, Do you have a few other habits that you could maybe encourage them to start trying or just to get their wheels turning um, how they can mm-hmm. really invite God into their family life more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think developing habits of praying together are some of the most powerful things we can introduce as parents. Um, because I, I think there's a lot of pressure and anxiety when people think about, you know, how do I pray? teach my kids to pray, teach them the Bible and I have a whole chapter on family devotions and, and ideas mm-hmm. there, but so good. I think it is really important. Um, but I just, uh, along the idea of small things being the big things, I don't think I can emphasize enough how little rhythms of ordinary, small, even casual, I don't mean that in a bad way, but casual, like, because they're so regular, ordinary, small, almost casual prayers that just become the heartbeat of the family because you do them together. So for example, I do this in my own life, my wife and I do, um, just uh, three times a day of kneeling prayer at morning, noon and night. And so just the morning, like, you know, this morning I watched her, you know, get up and she just briefly knelt on the floor beside her bed and, and prayed just to introduce the day. And we do that together in the evening before we go to bed. And I, I really cherish that as just a quick, but powerful moment with my wife every day to acknowledge each other and acknowledge the Lord and acknowledge that we're not doing this alone. Um, And then we try to find other places where we can invite our kids into similar rhythms. I mean, praying before a meal is sort of an obvious one that many people do. And I just want to say that's not meaningless. I mean, it's very significant just to use that as a moment to let your kids hear you pray or invite them to pray. Um, We do a little thing called our morning prayer before we walk out the door and again let me emphasize this is not neat tidy and spiritual so mornings <laughs> I, any mom knows like mornings are, are yes. best, right so yeah we're getting you know four boys up and out the door sometime between 6 45 and 7 30 every morning um give or take you know an hour because <laughs> we get late or something but so but our little rhythm is to just by the door um say this quick morning prayer that everybody knows. We just, we say, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for this day. Bless us as we work, study, and play. Be present with us in all you do, and all we do. May we give glory and honor to you. So they know this, so they can say it by heart. And I, I just, I like moments like this. One, because I'm giving them words that hopefully 20 years from now, they'll like mull back on and think, oh, I never really thought about what we were meaning, but now I sort of see, you know, like these are gifts, right? Mm -hmm. Like heirlooms of the family that you, that you pass down and you can do that prayer. You can do your own prayer, whatever it is. But the reason I really like it, Stephanie, is because it helps me and Lauren, my wife, Mm -hmm. reorient the morning so that 
the main goal is not just to get out on time, but we, we sort of have a different interruptive goal. That is that we do a moment of prayer. And I, I put it like bluntly with my friends often. We, we say like, it's kind of hard to yell at your kids when you know the next moment you're supposed to be praying with them. And yes. I, we find that our actions change when we expect these rhythms of prayer to interrupt our day. And that's just like classic prayer. I mean, we do it and then God has an, a disproportional response to our lives. You know, he, he listens, he responds, he changes our day. And so those little rhythms of prayer that you can find in the family um, with, with, your, with your wife, with your husband, with your kids, I really strongly encourage people to, to think about those. They, they carry a lot of meaning and really change the ordinary heartbeat of a household to, to sort of still a subtle but extraordinary spiritual rhythm of coming to know God together. I love how simple that is. Anybody can put that into practice. I'm sure your prayer takes about 30 seconds, uh, maybe less. Yeah. And we all have that time. I think a lie that we sometimes believe is that it's too hard or we don't have time or we're not equipped, but I love Mm. how you're offering us just really simple easy rhythms, habits that anybody could put into practice. You don't need to know theology to say a quick prayer to Jesus. You don't need to have knowledge of the Bible to read it, Um, although I encourage Mm -hmm. you to grow in your knowledge. But these things are very simple habits. So I feel like any parent can put this into practice, even when they're in the thick of it with being exhausted, having a bunch of little kids running around. It's so simple to pause and pray. So I think everything you're saying is just really about slowing down enough to think about these things. So let's say someone listening says, okay, this sounds great. I'm going to get your book. I'm ready to read it. Um, How can you encourage them not to just take it all on at once and like do this complete overhaul on their life? (laughs) Like (laughs) we are changing everything. We're implementing all the habits and all the rhythms because we are going to be a God-fearing family and we're going to do this right. Um, Let's just encourage everybody listening that you can do all the habits, all the rhythms. We are still sinful beings. It's still not going to look perfect. Like you're saying, it's still going to be messy. Um, So maybe someone listening wants to start some of these habits. Where would you encourage them to start? And can you just encourage everybody listening that we're never going to get it all figured out and put together Absolutely. with the bow on, on top of that Absolutely. package. Like it's just not life, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not the goal of it e- either. I mean, the goal of the habits of the household is not easiness and order in your household. It's love. It is, it is the idea mm-hmm. that the household is the primary place where we teach children how to love God and neighbor. And we still live in a mess, but I do feel like God's grace has brought us a lot of love in our house. And that is far, far more important to me. So just to, to, yeah, to encourage listeners, I would say, one, remind, let me remind you that it's not a burden to start doing things like this. Um, Some people think I need to add all these things. I've already got so many things. And I strongly agree, like being a parent, is so hard, which is why I want to suggest that what's a burden is to do nothing. 
But, you know, what, what is really hard is to keep going with the ordinary churn of American life because there are so many invisible burdens of, of rush and self-consciousness and shame and all these things that you carry. And it is actually really freeing to start to implement some of these spiritual practices because they remove these other burdens and put you under the light and easy yoke of Jesus. So just first know that by doing this, you're not really adding a burden, you're actually coming under the yoke of a God who loves you and, and it wants to organize your life in that love. And that's a really freeing thing in the end. And so as you think about starting that, then I would strongly suggest kind of what you said, Stephanie, and that is not necessarily doing an overhaul and audit of everything. Um, your spouse will be shocked and confused. And so will your kids, you know, but rather... <laughs> yes embracing the magic of of habit which is god's gift to us by the way i mean i think it's god's neurological gift to us that we can do small things and they fall from our top order thinking to our lower order basal ganglia and we start to do them without thinking about them like making all the right turns on the way home or frying an egg while talking to our child you know now it's the it's the fall and the curse that those bad habits do the same thing and thus we don't think about all the bad habits we're doing right but, but em I would suggest embrace God's neurological gift to you, which is you can start with just one of these things. Let's say it's scripture before fun and practice it with your spouse or with an accountability partner, a friend, just somebody do it with somebody because communal habits are far more sticky than individual habits. Almost all of our change really occurs in community. And what you'll find is, you know, you set out for a month and say, I'm going to try this habit for about four weeks. I'm going to do it with somebody else because it takes a couple of weeks to build a habit. And what's beautiful is that you'll start to wake up and not think about grabbing your phone because by habit, you're just instinctually going somewhere else, which means you're at this beautiful point now where to add another one is not extra weight because habits become weightless once they become internalized. And so that's how over the course of years and a life, you can really be, build a beautiful, beautiful life that 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 mirrors this easy yoke of Jesus, where you're ha where you have all these rhythms that aggregate to a meaningful um, encounters with Him throughout your day. But you're not thinking about them anymore; they're just normal for you. And that's, I think, the beauty of living a countercultural Christian life in our modern moment. That we could build a kind of life that is starting to lean towards the love of God and neighbor rather than falling down the slant of American life, which is towards the loneliness, the anxiety, the depression, the consumerism. Um, these things aggregate, but just start small. Start with just one, do it with your spouse, do it with a friend, and then see, see how the Lord honors it. I promise you that he will. I agree. Such good wisdom, Justin. Thank you for being here. Can you close us in a prayer? I would love to. Jesus, we look to you as the ultimate lover of our soul, as the best parent, as the one who loved us so fiercely that you gave everything for us. I pray that we would be parents like that, um, giving all for our children, sacrificing our comfort for their good, the way that you sacrificed yours for ours, and, and looking up to you so that we would remember that it's in your gaze of love that we can turn and give that gaze to our to our children. Show us the areas where where we can follow you more dearly, more closely, and remind us of your your love. Lord, may we never think that our habits change 
your love for us. But, but also please remind us that your love for us can and should change our habits. And may we live into that. In your name, we ask for your help. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Mom's Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today, friend. I'm so grateful for you. Let's connect on my email list. Go to bit.ly forward slash monthly happy mail. And we can be email besties. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Have a joy-filled day. Bye for now. Bye for now.